0: Welcome to Advance with Muse Health. I'm your host, Erin Spain. This show's mission is to help you find ways to preserve and optimize your health and get the care you need to live well. Breast cancer is one of the most commonly diagnosed cancers among women in South Carolina. And the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Control reports that it's the second leading cause of cancer-related deaths among women in the state. The MUSC Hollings Cancer Center is trying to make it easier for women to receive mammograms by driving a mobile health unit, basically a large doctor's office on wheels, to counties around the state, inviting women to step aboard the mobile health unit and receive a mammogram. We will hear from one of the MUSC health nurse practitioners aboard the mobile unit later in this show. But first, I welcome Dr. Kevin Hughes, Director of Cancer Genetics in the MUSC Department of Surgery. Dr. Hughes is here to talk about how mammograms save lives and how far breast cancer treatments have come. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hughes. Erin, thank you. Dr. Hughes, there are some differing recommendations when it comes to mammogram screening. What is MUSC's recommendation for who should be screened and how often?
1: We believe that yearly mammography starting at age 40 is essential to helping women have the least chance of having an advanced cancer and therefore would be able to have the least treatment necessary if a cancer develops. So yearly mammography starting at age 40 for the average woman is what we recommend. However, if a woman is higher risk, if she has a strong family history, she has other women in the family with breast cancer at a young age, ovarian cancer, etc., those women we start screening earlier, often in the 20s or 30s. We often recommend genetic testing in addition to mammography to, to better define the risk. And we'll sometimes recommend MRI in addition to mammography. So for the average woman, yearly mammography at 40 If you're higher risk, have your risk assessed, determine if you need genetic testing, and then have a treatment schedule appropriate to your level of risk, which we can help you define.
0: Tell me a little bit about your background and how breast cancer, treating breast cancer has changed and evolved in the past several decades. Tell me about that.
1: So when I started out, mammography was not common. Mammography is not done for screening. Most patients coming in had advanced cancers. Most cancers were palpable. Often the lymph nodes were involved. Then as I was finishing my training, we began to get into lumpectomy became available. But at that time, we went through a very long involved discussion with a patient about you could have a lumpectomy. You could have a mastectomy. You make the decision. Patients were confused. It took them very, it was very hard. By the middle of the nineties, we finally realized lumpectomy was just fine. We tell patients then, if you have a lumpectomy, you can have it. If you don't want a lumpectomy, we'll do a mastectomy. So we were afraid at that time of the cancer spreading if we did surgery. We, of course, found that wasn't the case, but we would have the patient sign for a mastectomy before they went to sleep, whether they had a cancer or not. We didn't know. So we would take the patient to surgery, take out her lump, freeze the lump, and if it was cancer, we'd do a mastectomy immediately, no reconstruction. We moved away from what was called an axillary node dissection, taking out all the nodes and taking out what's now called a sentinel node biopsy, just checking out one or two nodes. Our hormonal therapies have gotten better. Our chemotherapies have gotten better. We've understood better which patients need these different medications. We now are doing genomic testing on the tumor to identify whether or not chemotherapy is even necessary. So we do a lot less chemotherapy now than we used to do. We've identified that women over 70 with smaller tumors often don't need radiation, so we're often doing less radiation as well. So I think what we've found is we've gone from mastectomies for everyone to now minimum amounts of surgery, minimum amounts of chemotherapy, minimum amounts of hormonal therapy, or uh, even radiation We've minimized that treatment for each patient. Some patients need the more aggressive therapy, but others don't. So it's individualizing the treatment is a major advance I've seen over these this time frame.
0: COVID-19 may be one reason why some women have put off getting their mammogram. Tell me about this phenomenon of women who have missed mammograms and why now is a good time to get caught up and go get that screening.
1: This is a significant problem. During COVID, when it first began, the screening mammography dropped. 80, 90 percent. And it, it was months before that, that mammography level became to come, began to come back up towards normal. Now what you're faced with is not just your daily set of mammograms you had to do anyway, but this backlog of mammograms where women didn't get them done for months or sometimes a year. It's critical that women get in and get their mammogram done if they've missed one year, get back in for the second year. But the sooner they get their mammograms back on track, the earlier we'll find their cancers if they have one, or the earlier we'll tell them they're okay so you can stop worrying. But definitely, we want to get screening back up to full volume as quickly as possible.
0: Perkins is a MUSC health nurse practitioner with a specialty in surgical oncology. She's hitting the road with the mobile health unit this fall to offer mammograms and often underserved communities. You work very closely with people who have been diagnosed with cancer. Tell me about your work and why you chose to specialize in surgical oncology. So I think that Cancer has touched practically
2: every person. And with me especially, my dad was diagnosed with mesothelioma when I was 40. He died six months later. And then a year later, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. My goodness. So this has a personal message for myself, which is why I wanted to become a nurse and then eventually become a nurse practitioner.
0: According to the American Cancer Society, 68% of women in South Carolina over the age of 45 are up to date on their mammograms. We would like to see that number higher, of course. So what are some of the reasons women delay getting mammograms, sometimes for years and years? I
2: think the biggest issue is people are afraid of the machine and the pain that is associated with having their breast squeezed. Second would be cost, especially if they do not have insurance. Third would be transportation issues. I think a lot of people are scared of the results. They may be symptomatic, and they just don't want to face the reality that they could have breast cancer. We have a lot of people in our country that are not from this country, so there's a language barrier. And then finally, we may have people that just don't understand how important these screenings are, and so their lack of knowledge about having the screening
0: process. Now, when you have patients who are nervous or fearful, tell me, how do you counsel them and explain the process to them? I think the best is actually what my mom does. And she has a buddy,
2: and they make their mammograms together. And so that way, they always go at the same time on the same day. And they encourage each other to have their mammograms done. That way they always can look at each other and say, okay, today's our day. We're going to go and do this. However, if you don't have a buddy, then I prepare them for what they're, what's actually going to happen. I'm 52. I've had several mammograms. It's really not that painful a process. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. It is,
0: but it's only for a few seconds and it can save your life. That's such a great message. I've never heard of that. Having a buddy to go with you making your appointments together. What a great idea. Yeah, it it is. It's wonderful. Okay, so tell me about this new and improved MUSC mobile health unit that's going to be crisscrossing South Carolina this fall, offering mammograms to women. Tell me about this mobile unit. What does it look like? Well,
2: it is beautiful. It's state-of-the-art. We have a waiting room, an exam room. There's, of course, a bathroom, a changing area. There's a small lab area. And then, of course, the mammography suite.
0: So let's talk about the experience for a patient. Walk me through this process. How do they find out if the mobile unit's coming to their town? How do they book up an appointment? Do they need an appointment? And what happens from the point of stepping on the bus to when the mammogram's over? So currently, you do have to have an appointment. We are only accepting about 10
2: patients a day I think our max is going to be 20 patients a day. So you call our outreach coordinator. They schedule the appointment and you can do self-referrals. You show up for the appointment. If you are a self-referral, then our outreach coordinator will fill out all the forms for you that need to be filled out in advance. If you are being referred from your primary care or from one of the clinics, such as FEDER or CARES or SHIFA, they will fill out the paperwork for you. You get checked in and then your exam begins. You cross the short hallway over to the mammography suite. They do your radiology imaging and then you come back, you get dressed and then you exit the van. Now, do you need health insurance to use this service? No, we do accept uninsured patients, and we actually do try to help this cover through the Best Chance Network.
0: Excellent. Tell me about the Best Chance Network for those who don't know. The Best Chance Network is actually a DHEC service, and it's for those people that qualify based on income and family size. How are women notified of their results, especially if they aren't a current patient with MUSC Health or they're not affiliated with one of these clinics? How do they get the results? We actually mail them a letter. What's the follow-up from there? How do you stay in touch with these women to make sure that they are getting yearly screenings? We do try to team them up with the primary care provider if they do not have one, so that
2: they have someone to stay in touch with them. We also have them registered through the mobile health unit so that we can contact them through that particular industry as well. If they are self-referred,
0: then they will make an appointment for the next year. What happens if something is detected in the mammogram? What are the next steps? Because the mobile unit leaves town, where do they go? What do they do? So if they have a primary care provider,
2: then the mammogram results are sent to that provider and they would follow up with them. If they do not have a primary care provider, then
0: Hollings Cancer Center will actually follow up with them. Tell me about some of the success stories when you're able to go into these communities that are underserved and offer services like mammogram screenings.
2: I think we see that every day, not just in the mobile health units, but here at the Hollings Cancer Center, just with people that are screened on a regular basis. We have people that are happy that they came in for the screening and are told that they don't have breast cancer. And then we have people that are happy that they came in that were symptomatic and actually were diagnosed, but we have a system in place to help them
0: become cured. If you do get the yearly screenings, the chances of catching something that's in its early stages is greater. Tell me about that. How important screening is? We have a very high cure rate if we can catch
2: cancer in its early stages. And our breast surgeon teams here are awesome. Their art form is amazing. And I do truly say it is an art form.
0: Is there anything aside from mammograms that will be happening with this mobile health unit while you're out and about? So if you are a member of the Best Chance Network, we are performing
2: pap smears as well on the mobile health unit.
0: For more information on this podcast, check out advance.musehealth.org.